What's up everyone, you're now listening to The Mill Myths, also known as the Millennial Misfits Podcast. Let's get it started. Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 17 of The Millennial Misfits. My name is Asher. Sherson. And today, oh sorry, today we have a guest with us. She just was with us in the previous episode. If you guys want to check it out, we're discussing the cannabis industry. But Hadro is back again. Hadro, how are you doing? Good, great. Yeah. So today in this episode, we're going to be talking about something that's going on in the news right now in North America. I think most people on social media understand what's taking place. Um, you know, there's been a lot of protests and riots happening in many different cities across North America. Um, and it's all because of what happened with uh, George Floyd. Um, obviously, I think most people have seen the video that surfaced of him getting arrested and a cop having um, his knee on his neck and he pleaded that he couldn't breathe, but obviously his voice, sorry, his um, his complaints were not heard and he ended up passing away um, a little bit uh, later on. But um, yeah, this sparked obviously huge protests across North America um, and, you know, a lot of people uh, have been highlighting the, you know, police brutality that happens against minorities, especially black people in America. And, um, you know, we also do have some cases in Toronto as well. So this is happening, you know, in many different places. And, um, you know, now people are taking a stand and they are tired of, you know, seeing these things happen. You know, we just had less than a month ago, um, the Ahmad Albury, I can't say his name properly, situation that, you know, there was literally less than a month ago that we saw that video. and then, you know, we're dealing with this a couple of weeks later as well. So, you know, there are fighting. They want, you know, black people in North America, they just want to be treated like everybody else, right? We don't want any stereotypes associated with us. We want to be able to go outside, have our freedoms, you know, talk to the police, talk to anybody without any fear um, or have any um, judgment placed on us. So in this episode, we're just going to have a, a casual conversation, kind of share our opinions on this we're all minorities obviously if, if you guys are listening to this podcast right now i'm black <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't see me <laughs> i don't know if you can tell i just wanted to put that out there but um yeah so we can dive into this topic so i guess just right off the bat guys how do you feel about this whole situation yeah it's, i can take it yeah it's 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 tough man i think uh it took me a couple minutes to even make it through that video Mm. um just just watching it because i was like there's just so much to unpack there you know from from the abuse of power to the unnecessary use of power because i I didn't think you needed to pin him down anyway when he was already cuffed um to how the other officers around them were kind of just complacent to what was going on um and just even ignoring ignoring the bystand like the, the bystanders who were there and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock on the people who are watching because obviously you don't know what can happen if you just charge at a cop but like yes um like just being just standing there watching it was like dude that was quite a bit of time like and you can see someone lose consciousness you know so mm. i feel like there were just there were so many levels at which there was there were so many failures at so many levels you know what i mean um so it was a lot to unpack man um, I'm going to add on to Sheriston. Um, I cannot even fathom the levels of trauma, the ripple effect of trauma, not just like the person's, the person who like then lost his life, his family, 
their families and the people who were watching who couldn't intervene, didn't feel safe intervening, were intervening to no effect, whatever their reality was. That trauma, seeing somebody pass away um, in front of your very eyes, like that PTSD doesn't, it has a massive impact. Like, and that impact is not measurable by words or by like, or by numbers or a figure. There's no bottom line to that impact. It's invaluable. Um, you know, um, that, and then the blatant, and I mean the blatant, um, I don't know. I just felt like this, this cop had no fear because he was, he knew he was being recorded. So not just like the unnecessary amount of force, the duration of the, the, the whole thing, the fact that there was four of them, one of him on the ground cuffed, um, so helpless uh, otherwise said. Um, but the fact that this guy, like this, this cop blatantly went ahead and continued for nine minutes to, to pin him down while being recorded with this like sense of like infallibility. Like, you, you know, even if I get like caught, I'm not going to be impacted by this. So like didn't give a shit straight up that, you know, he was on camera, that there could be repercussions because he knew that privilege that was attached to his, to his vest and his, and his, and his race. Like, it just is, it's insane. Yeah, it was definitely insane. When I watched the video, like, Sherson, you said, like, you know, he was being filmed. He, he knew he was being filmed. And, you know, those people around, you could see that this, he just didn't care. I guess in his mind, he thought, like, hey, I'm a cop. You're not. I have the power here. I can do whatever I want. And obviously, he had no idea what type of, you know, reaction the public would have once this video get out, got out, sorry, because, you know, it's, it's, it's been insane, which is, you know, obviously there's been people that have been vandalizing um, stuff and, you know, there's people on both sides of it as to, you know, supporting the right side, taking face on some people that's in a case we're a little bit too far. Um, I'm going to keep my opinion out of that one because um, I'm not experienced when it comes to those types of things. So, yeah. you know, I'm just going to go from, you know, what it is that they're trying to accomplish with, with these, with these protests. Yes. Um, I want, I mean, <clears throat> I want to kind of like dive into stereotypes. I think that's kind of like something that's over, like it's the overarching theme in this whole protest, right? So I was actually uh, raised in Africa for 10 years. I lived in Zambia for 10 years. I only came to Canada when I was 13, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming from a nation where you're just around black people and, you know, this isn't something that you face, right? And then coming to North America where, you know, everybody talks about race all the time and stuff. And I was like, wow, like, you know, I didn't know it was such a huge topic, right? I used to be somebody that um, never really paid attention to it. But when I did come to um, Ontario and I ended up, you know, being in a, in a community which was mostly white people, I, you know, realized I was a black man, which is kind of weird to say. Like, I never thought about myself as a black person <laughs> yeah. until, like, I went to school around white people all the time and yep. I, I was labeled as different. And this is what, you know, black people stereotypes are, you know, they play sports or mm -hmm. they're scary or, you know, they're big and there's this, and all, you know, all these stereotypes I was starting to learn. And then, like, over time, like, I ended up finding myself in these situations where, like, I started thinking about black people a certain way, even me as a black person, you know? When I looked at a certain person when I went outside, those types of stereotypes were not coming in my mind. And stereotypes aren't just labeled on black people, they're labeled for brown people, Asians, and even white people. Yep. Like, they're labeled yep. for many different people. So yep. um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say that these things are kind of, like, put into your head. Like, yep. when I was a kid, I never, ever thought about any of these things until yes. I came here and I started to learn these stereotypes. So I think what they're trying to do with all of these protests is that they're trying to get this out of people's heads, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, not all black people are dangerous. Not all black people are going to hurt you. But then you go and you see it's like such minor situations are ending up, you know, getting black people killed and it's, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Like, do you think, like, what's your opinion on like stereotyping going on these days? I'm going to add on to you, Asher. Um, um, so I came to Canada 2006. Mm-hmm. So I was in grade 10 whatever age that happens to be. And uh, my family immigrated from Pakistan. Um, there's a lot, like when you say that country, oh, like, oh boy, I've, I've uh, seen and I've heard like the reaction that kind of it elicits. Um, this is how normal people are over there, just so you know. If anybody who needs to hear this, this is what we wear, talk like, are. This is not mm. like a big deviation from anywhere. You're gonna have problems in each country. God knows we have, you know, that country has theirs, we have ours, and the U.S. has its, its own, right? So, um, Asher, like you exactly you said, when I was in Pakistan, there's no, like, I'm brown. <laughs> Everybody's brown. Um, and if there are, and there are minorities over there as well, it's just like, we never, that wasn't a problem. That wasn't our issue. It wasn't like what color you are and going to treat you different based on that. We had, mind you, our other, our own problems to deal with, but that wasn't an issue. So I only realized that I was brown when I came to Canada. Um, and I traveled before internationally as well. It's just that um, when, you, when you move from somewhere um, and then you move, like and when, you, when you live somewhere where like it's, you're the same as everybody else for the most part, um, you don't realize these things. So you, you know, you're not born with these things. You're not born with prejudice. You're not born with this feeling of hatred and this feeling of like um, being on a pedestal or higher than or bigger than somebody else. You're not born with this. This is integrated. This is instilled in you by societal norms, um, mostly Western norms. Yes, like, like you said. Um, I didn't know there was a problem in being brown or black until I came to a country where there are white, brown and black people. Um, just it's just, just not like I'm just not gonna lie. Like it's uh, I'm not saying pe- people in Asia or other places or in Pakistan are not racist. They definitely there is definitely like culturally integrated racism. My goodness, there is. Um, but you're right. We are not born with this. This is some, definitely something that you get absorbed into you. Like it it, it comes to you. Um, sadly, unfortunately. Yeah, and to that point, I like what you said, Asher. Um, in terms of you realizing that you're a black man you know what I mean and I think that's such an important minority part of learning uh, part of growing you know what I mean and what I mean by that is if if you're if you're I think when you grow up as a child as a, as a minority child when you look around you're able to look at media look at prop like the newspaper whatever like whatever is being whatever is in the in the media where you are growing up the majority of it is skewed towards um uh, white america right mm-hmm. like advertisements music whatever you're seeing it, it's mostly what you're going to see is, is is that so i think when you're when you grow up like that you're almost exposed to the fact that hey there's people who are different from you mm-hmm. right yeah. whereas on the flip side, like I, I've never had someone come up to me, like I've never had like a brown kid come up to me and be like, oh my God, look at like white people, like there's someone different, right? Like I've never had that interaction, but you've had it on the flip side to be like, hey, I've had white kids come up to me while I was in elementary school to be like, hey, your skin tone is different, like what's up with that, right? And it's like, it, it, it's like 
you're already ostracized from the beginning to be like you're different from the norm mm-hmm. yeah right so we're we're used to thinking like that rather than to say hey there's different people we're already thinking ahead to be like we're different from people there are different people but we look different from those people rather than there are different looking people does that make sense yeah yeah it makes sense and like to add on to the whole stereotype thing i'm a big i'm a big guy myself so when they see a black guy and he's big it's like oh it's like a double whammy right mm-hmm. and then when people like start to talk to me and they see i'm happy go lucky smiley guy they're like oh yeah. you're not what i thought you were or whatever and i was like what did you think i was what you know like, cool. <laughs> oh, i know yeah. what you were thinking you see me yeah. walking by and you have your reservations about who i am what yeah. your first impression about me is going to be and then it's different once i open up my mouth so i mean don't get me wrong I'm somebody that also stereotypes people when I see them. Like I try my does. best not to do that. Yeah. Um also coming to Canada has helped with uh certain stereotypes as well. Um we do live in a multicultural society. I have friends of from all different backgrounds. I have Asian friends, I have white friends, I have black friends, brown friends, whatever. All of the above. Um but you know this this situation it's it's 2020 and what a terrible year 2020 has been to be honest guys like it's like you know you think to yourself like what's what's coming next right like we've had, we've just had like a a terrible year you know with covid with you know all of this unemployment going on you hear kobe's dead and then you know all of these you know situations with the police and stuff and it's just another thing that um we're dealing with in this year but i i have hope for the future because yeah. as i hop on social media right now i see so many people that are from different backgrounds saying you know you know black lives matter like this is unacceptable like we cannot yeah. continue with this way you have a poster by the way yeah, i know if people are listening to it <laughs> she has a poster yeah. in her room saying black yeah. lives matter and yeah. it's 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 heartwarming because then you can see that at least you know the millennial generation or you know people much younger are watching this and saying that this is totally unacceptable, right? right? I'm not saying that older people don't see it as acceptable, but just the overwhelming support that I've seen on social media has been amazing. Yeah. And um, you know, there's only so much that I can do. Like to be honest, I'm not the person that's like always outspoken when it comes to politics and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but you know, with all of this taking place right now and us having a platform even though even though it's a small platform, it is you know in our best interest to to talk about it so i'm just happy that you know everybody has been on the same on the same um, train i want to bring something to light so it's something i just um i read um it's a bunch of stats so mm-hmm. i'm a very numbers driven person um and this like shocked me obviously it's not new but when you have numbers staring at you like that it just is 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 debilitating amount of injustice so of the 7060 666 people so 7666 times that police officers killed people in the US between 2013 and 2019 only 25 of those 7666 people resulted in convictions so that's 0.3% for mm-hmm. some quick math um 74 people so 1% resulted in a charge but no conviction and um let me get to it 7567 people of those people so 98.7% a debilitatingly large percentage majority percentage resulted in no charges whatsoever so mm-hmm. it's just you, you know police brutality has 
this is the number that kind of, and, and, and it's from a very credited source. Um, and I can always like send you guys a link for that so you can catch that as well. Um, but it's just when you see the whole image and you don't see it sliced up into these numbers, it's, it's very hard to, it's very easy to just paint everybody with the same brush stroke, right? And you, and you, and you cannot do that. Um, my question for you, Asher, actually is, you know, I don't know about you, but my, I, have, I have a brother. I have a younger brother who is taller than I am. He's, he's, he's you know, he, he, he can look intimidating as well. Um, he's been approached by police just randomly, like, well, random, like if he's driving my, my mom's car, it's a, it's a bigger, better car. Um, he'll get stopped and they're like, oh, is it your car? Yes, it's, you know, our car, we were short on it, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's been like a handful of times that he's just been stopped literally for absolutely no reason. Um, like at strip malls, for example, like, you know, he'll just be out with his friends. Um, and if he's a big guy, then people kind of get intimidated and he's brown, right? So automatically there's, you know, a stigma attached to that as well. Um, and that's different. But um, have you, like when you were growing up, my mother had a chat with him. My mother was like, you don't look the same as everybody else. You need to watch out for yourself. So if you need to, you know, stop, and talk to somebody in a uniform. You need to talk, be respectful, and not be weird about that. Um, mm -hmm. You need to keep your head straight. Don't get like wild. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, do as you're told. Talk when you talk to, and don't disrupt shit. Um, mm -hmm. Have you? Did you have a talk like that? Um, I don't know. I'm just want to curious to know. You know, how do you? Yeah. So I I have a lot of things to say, but I want to try and bounce back. I want to share stories. Um, with you with you guys as well just in case you've had any experiences of you know people being rude to you because your skin color or something somebody says something bad towards you guys but in terms of what you had said yes there was when i did first come here um i did have that talking to because my parents they enjoy watching stuff like the first 48 or those like crime tv shows that you see um on a and e and whatever and uh they see a lot of this stuff that happens you know um to black people or people just minorities um in general and they told us that like, hey, like, you know, when you go outside, especially when you first came to this country and we're new and like we didn't know much about what's going on around us, you know, they're very, very careful. Um, and they said, hey, you know, be careful when you go out there, you know, you're a black person, you're going to have certain things, you know, said to you, you may not have the same privileges as white people or any other people. So, you know, live your life a certain way, live very, very cautiously, right? And I still do that to this day, to be honest, like, I sometimes when I see a cop car driving by, like to be honest, like I, I get I get uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, like is everything okay? Am I doing anything wrong? Blah, blah, blah. Like, um, not to say that like we have a police brutality problem in Canada, which I it's not it's not as bad as in the States or anything, or maybe it's not even a, a problem to be honest, but um I it's something that I shouldn't be thinking about is what I'm trying to say, right? Um, in terms of racism, though, like I have had uh, racist situations happen to me. I can th I'm thinking about three or four incidents right now. Um, and they're all, you know, between the time when I was in high school and university. So mm -hmm. one time I was in, I went to McMaster University. I was leaving a house party. And um, I think it was around like 2 a.m. This guy, um, so I was walking with my white friend, right? And I'm walking to go back to my student house and then as we're crossing the street, there's a car that's coming and it's coming by very fast. It's doing like 80 on like a 40 road, right? And so as I'm walking by, I see him, holy shit, like that car's coming super fast. So like I ran with my friend, right? And so the guy, he was driving a truck, white dude, he like goes, he drives by really fast and he just hits the brakes really fast. And then he opens a window and then he just yells out the window. It's like, get off the road, you nigger, or something like that, right? And he just drove off. 
and like I, I just, I, I almost like laughed, and I was just like, dude, like, what a, what a piece of shit, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, you say something like that to me, and then second of all, you drive off, you know, because then like, oh, yeah, I showed him, like, yeah. and you, you don't even have the balls to like come up and like say that to somebody's face, you yep. know. So, and the friend that I was with at the time, he was white, and he said like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. And I'm like, yep. I've been driving. I remember I was in Cambridge one time. I was going to work and then this guy spat at my windshield, right? And I looked at him and I was like, whoa, did that, like, was that deliberately? And like, it was some truck driver and he was just like staring at me as we're driving. So imagine like two cars going like this and just like looking at me kind of like, oh, what, what are you going to do about it kind of thing, right? Um, There's another story that came to mind. This one, I remember I was at a club in Hamilton one time. Um, So two club stories. There's one time it was super, super packed. It was at Club 77 in Hamilton. And, you know, we're all dancing and stuff like that. And then there was this white girl that um, was trying to walk by me. And then she, like, hit my shoulder, right? She hit me. I didn't hit her, right? But I guess I'm a bigger black guy, whatever, and stuff. And then she's like, oh, my God, black people. And then she walked away, right? Oh, my God. And I was with a white guy. And then my white guy was like, what? Did did she just say that? And I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to, like, hit this white girl? Like, and it's going to look terrible on me, obviously, right? So um another time like i was dancing with this white girl in a, in a in a club and she ended up losing her phone right she loses her phone and um she comes back to me later being like yo like do you have my phone and i'm like no i don't have your phone like why would i have your phone she's like i lost my phone after i was i was dancing with you and i'm like dude i didn't take your phone and then like it kind of like we walked away my friend and i who he, he was white so um Anyways, and I continue, she comes back again, like, yo, like, do you have my phone? And I'm like, yo, I really emptied my pockets. I showed her, I'm like, I wouldn't stay here if I had your phone. And like, look, my pocket's empty. I don't have your phone. And then she asked my friend to empty his pockets and he was being low defined. He's like, yo, like, I don't know you. Like, why are you asking to like me to empty my pocket? So I tapped him. Yeah, I just want to deal with the situation. I'm like, look, we don't have your phone. Leave us alone. Like, we want to get out of here. I don't want to do this anymore, right? So um, later on, a bouncer comes to me, right? And he's like, oh, hey, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I already know where this is going. No. Like, I don't have this girl's phone. I don't have it, okay? So he's like, no, I understand, bro. Like, she just came up to me and she, she said um, she thinks you, you have her phone and ABCD and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's go outside. You can pat me. I just want to have a good time. I don't want to keep doing this phone situation. We go outside. I let the bouncer tap me everywhere just to see if I had the phone. He he noticed I didn't have the phone. He went and told the girl, oh, he doesn't have your phone. Cool. 10 minutes later, um, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm like outside chilling. And um, this this guy comes, some random black dude is like, oh, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, dude, like I don't have this girl's phone, right? Like now I'm starting to get angry. And then my white friend with me is like, yo, like you keep coming up to him and asking him because he's black, right? Like, what, then, if, what if your friend had the phone the whole time? I know. Just like, I'm kind of like, so he, so he's with you the whole time, but nobody's asking him to empty pockets. Nobody's asking him to like, or pressuring him. Yeah. They kept yeah. coming to me. And so, um, I ended up leaving at this point, but before I left, I went to this girl and I told her, I'm like, listen, I don't have your phone. Okay. I've literally like talked to like four or five different people. I've let people search me. If I had your phone, I'd have left a long time ago. I have my own phone. It's nice. It's fine. I don't need to steal somebody's phone. And like, I just said something to her <laughs> and I didn't say it in a calm voice. Right. And then I just left. Cause I'm like, 
I can't keep dealing with people coming towards me. Some other white girl came up to me and was just like, I know you took the phone and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, confronting me and stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, if I react in this situation, then like something bad's going to happen to me. Yes. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do the right thing and just like leave this place. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And we just bounce. So those are a few stories that have happened to me. Um, I had one more in high school. I was uh, leaving work and then there was a cop car that pulled up and stopped me. And then said like, oh, hey, where are you coming from? And I'm like, um, I don't know, work? <laughs> He's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm taking the bus, I'm going home, right? And so it's like, oh, well, there was like somebody that fits your description that just like robbed a bank or something like that. Oh right? my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh okay. my God. What the and hell? I would just be walking in the street after <laughs> robbing a bank. Like, what do you mean, dude? Like, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I can't remember the full conversation, but after a while, he realized it wasn't me. He, he, I don't know if he asked me for my ID, but like he asked me about my name and stuff. And he had radioed in. Um, the this whatever system works i don't know how it worked out but whatever he called um someone and then just did like a background small background check and then found out that i wasn't the person that he was looking for and later that day i ended up finding out that like a few other black people that live in the same city were also profiled um, because they were looking for this one suspect that had robbed a bank so i have my fair share of stories of dealing with stuff like that racial profiling does exist and it's pretty yeah. sad that like i've had to go through these things like but I know it's on a totally different level in the United States. So I'm not trying to cry and say like, oh, boo-hoo, you just had somebody say this to you. Like, I'm still fine. I still have opportunities. I'm working and making money and stuff, but I shouldn't have to have deal with these situations to begin with, right? So I want to flip it towards you guys. Have you had any um, instances like that where, you know, due to the color of your skin, something negative has happened to you? Sure, and I'll let you go first. I've always, I've always had uh, that question with, uh, where, where are you coming from? So I've, so I drive a tinted car. It's not a fancy car. It's not anything, whatever. Um, it, it's, it's a Volkswagen Jetta, but it's a tinted car. Um, and I've had at least three instances where I've gotten pulled over just because I fit a description. Mm. Um, and either that, that's the first response I get, or it's kind of like, oh, you, uh, you had tinted, you had like heavy tints, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Every, almost every single time, I want to say out of the five or six times in total, like both of these reasons that I've been pulled over for, every single time, there's always surrounding vehicles and surrounding people um, with the same car or like with, with similar features, right? With the mm. tints or whatever. So like every time I get that response, like um, I, I was kind of just like, I, I never said it, but I always leave that situation being like, it's you're basing this description on my car whereas i'm in an area where there's multiple cars with that fits this description so i'm like i don't understand why i'm the first person that you that you approach you know what i mean right Uh, so and i feel like it's almost like the car is the fall guy in that situation it's like Mm. in case i'm not the person it's like they can be like oh yeah yeah your car for the description you know and it's Mm. just like i don't think that's how that that you i don't think that's how you approach people and i don't think that's how you act on suspicion you know what i mean like yeah do you understand like i have a car story actually so this is my last story <laughs> it's just the more we talk like more stories are coming to my head so again it was when i was in university i was driving with my honda civic just like a beat up whatever honda civic no tits right and there happened to be a ride program on a sunday in the afternoon i was like who's drinking drunk on a sunday afternoon but whatever that's a different story um and as i'm going through like you know i stopped 
through this right program <clears throat> and the cop asked me i was with my friend in the car he's like oh have you been drinking i'm like no i'm just gonna go to the grocery store like you know um and he's like okay one second he goes he checks the the tags on my license plate to see if you know they expired or whatever and so after a while he comes back and then he's just like oh your tags are good you're lucky you can go and i was like lucky I'm like why am I lucky, dude? Like, I, I didn't understand. And so I drove off and I was with my friend. He's brown. And I was like, dude, did he just say I was lucky? Like, why why am I lucky? I don't understand why I'm lucky because he expected them to be expired because I'm a black guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are things that, like, sometimes, you know, people have the stereotypes and they see a young black kid driving a car and then they assume, oh, mm-hmm. this thing is probably expired or something like that, right? And then... Oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not his car. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, so... Ah, anyways, Hajra, do you have any, any stories to share? Um, first off, Asher, I need to just say that it, and, and just in both of you guys and anybody else who's listening out there who needs to hear this, like, uh, you know, it is so disheartening to hear these stories and it is so hard to like make light or joke about it or laugh <clears> about <throat> them because like, you know, and even the way like you're just minimizing it for yourself. Cause it's almost, I feel like it's a coping mechanism that you that you need to use for yourself to make your days go by. <laughs> Cause like, mm. if you really dwell on that, it, it's a, it's a void to go mm. in and it's, 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 it's hard to come back, bounce back from that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, people of color and black people specifically have developed this like hard shield that like you'll take being spat on. You will take being told, being stopped for literally no reason. And then the cops making a 360 around your car to find a reason to fall back on. And then mm-hmm. saying, hey, but you're lucky that you got away this time. Next time though, like da da da. Like that's mm-hmm. the implication for it. So mm-hmm. the fact that like our young people, my like my brothers and sisters have to essentially develop this like flippant way of saying why they somebody else has it worse like you know maybe i shouldn't be feeling so bad about myself because Mm. of that like yes the u.s might have it worse or it's it's coming more into light than anything else um does not and should not minimize what you have gone through on a personal one-on-one individual level as well Mm. um you know it doesn't have to be a fight to to have it be a big thing Mm. simply being you know yelled at like that like that like drive-by yelling that's enough that is enough Mm. um you know our mothers having to have chats with, you know, our brothers, my brothers, like my, my male friends. Um, that's a thing that like, you know, you grow up with. Um, do white people have to have a chat? Probably not. Like, I don't know of any white people who've, who've had us sit down with their dads and with their moms to be like, listen, you need to watch out for yourself out there. You need to stick, like walk the line, not create stuff, not disrupt the status quo. Uh, make sure your tags aren't expired. Make sure your tags are not bloody expired. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, or like, you might be asked these questions if your windows are tinted. Uh, I think she just muted. Yeah, sorry. I can't hear you anymore. That's weird. Oh, oh we can okay. we can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, so so I'm very sorry to hear that. And like, it, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's very, uh, it's, it's discouraging. Um, to be honest with you, personally, I have not had any sort of like straight up instances of racism that happened to me mm-hmm. um i'm sure that there are jobs that there are things that i am passed over for because it's like the name that i carry um and the cultural specificity that like it like specificity that like it kind of projects mm-hmm. um so i on on that level i you know i'm, I'm not gonna lie, i don't maybe have much to share but mm-hmm. i have seen this stuff happen through my little brother mm-hmm. you know he goes through kind of what 
you guys have been talking about. And it's almost interesting to, you know, highlight that as a female, maybe I haven't gone through as much mm. and you guys as males would have gone through a lot more. Mm. Um, like nobody stops me in my car, my mom's car or any rental as expensive as it might be to see if my mm. kids are expired or not. So it's really mm. interesting to kind of talk to you guys about that. Mm. Um, and maybe, you know, if you guys have sisters, like partners, whatever, maybe they've had similar experiences that I have and kind of come from the same tune but um my brother has, has has faced you know the the profiling um but for me personally like not gonna lie um been fairly blessed in that regard i'm sure to be honest i, I went to guelph you know i've mm. been called exotic more times than i care for mm. you know i'm like dude i'm brown we're like the biggest populations out there we're not <laughs> like exotic i can guarantee you that um so little like ignorant remarks like that um oh you've got like a beautiful tan i'm like yes <laughs> you know literally at shopper's drug part like I, I can't or like at metro i remember um at zares and guelph i remember like some lady was like oh my god i love your tan and it's like bloody november and i'm like bro i'm brown but do you um <laughs> and like and, and i have no issue literally just being like you know i'm brown like you mm. need to realize I'm brown. I'm like, this is not a tan. And so like I put them, I call them out almost like, and it makes people feel very uncomfortable with that. Um, you know, I used to work at this ice rink as an usher um, for hockey games. And so a lot of hockey fans happened to be Caucasian um, and it was in Guelph. So like, not gonna lie, back then it wasn't as you know diverse as it is maybe now. Um, and working that rink, um, and being the usher when you're leading people to your seat to their seats you have like an opportunity for them to chat like you know they're usually like a little bit tipsy or intoxicated in some way and you know just pe white women coming up to me and be like oh my god your skin's so beautiful and I was just like what do you think Don't you're doing touch me. Yeah. I'm like yeah. literally like 10 feet away lady like just no idea and she's like oh no no I mean that's a compliment and I was like I know. I was like, no, don't do what you're doing right now. Just stop what you're doing immediately. So I've had these like weird conversations. Um, I like to think like a coping mechanism is they're coming from a good place and not a place of, you know, hopefully ignorant. Like there are ignorant comments, but hopefully they're coming from a good place. But mm. um, in terms of like blatant like racism, I unfortunately have not been target of it, but I ha my brother unfortunately has to face much like yours. Um, yeah. Um, one, one thing I just want to say, um, cause we're gonna, um, this meeting is going to end soon. Um, it, it's not just, you know, the things that are said to you, there's also like, you know, subtle racism or maybe, you know, privileges that are not uh, provided to you because of the color of your skin. There's this one lady that I know that's a president of one association in, um, the black people, black professionals association. Uh, black Business Professional Association in Toronto, and she's also a CEO of a company in Toronto, and she's a black woman. And she um, once said that she has three things going up against her. One, she's black. Two, she's a woman. And three, she's a black woman. So it's kind of like um, she had to fight these three things in order to get to the top, because it's very true. Like, how many black women do you see in, you know, big powerful positions in yep. corporate America or North America, right? Yep. So it's very, not that it's very hard for employees to see a black person in a very powerful position. It's just extremely rare. Um, you know, most of the times these opportunities are, you know, given to white people, not to say that there are qualified black people in these positions as well. Yep. So, um, you know, me, I, I do enjoy, um, being i'm not trying to like beat my chest and say i'm amazing or whatever but like i do i'm mm -hmm. happy to hear when 
people look at someone like me and then have a different perspective of black people because they yep. assume like, oh, you know, that Asher guy is cool or like, oh, he's not what I think of when I think of black people and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? To me, that makes me happy. And like, I've lived in many different countries, even when I was in Asia. And, you know, there's one lady that told me that, like, oh, like, I never wanted to go to Africa. But like, after I met you, like, mm-hmm. I want to like, go to Africa. And, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like yeah. that. To me, that it helps. It makes me feel good knowing that, like, hey, like, I'm helping, you know, my little self. I'm not doing this on like a macro level, but like just yep. making and changing one person's mind here or there has a ripple effect, right? So, um, and I think it's, 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 it's a great thing. Here's why I like that point so much. It's almost like when you're a minority, you're expected to be a brand ambassador for your people. Whereas right. if, you're, if, you're, if you're white, you don't have that expectation on you, you know? And I think um, I'm just I'm just trying to fit this in here. I think one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest examples, blatant examples of this is right now. Uh, the world is shut down. Those with with the quarantine and everything like that. How the president of the United States has responded to two very different situations is very telling, right? Mm. So when you had the uh, when you had the protests in Michigan about opening up shop um because people wanted haircuts and stuff like that it was like his tweet regarding those people was these are very angry people these are good people that are just angry so kind of deal with them Mm -hmm. and then when you had people protesting about someone who was wrongfully killed on the streets on video Mm -hmm. his response was when the looting starts the shooting starts and it was like no there was looting in both situations because Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean it's like how are you even trying to categorize that so that should be a blatant example for everyone right now to be like why is there a different lens on these two very similar situations like calling one thing protest and then calling the same thing a riot right you know calling one thing's good people and then calling the other like set of people thugs Mm -hmm. just the vocabulary that you use you really just sort of intensify um and and permeate kind of your your blatant disregard to racism and and just yeah um it is it is i'm gonna just add on to everything you guys are saying it's uh it's it's very sad and i'm thankful that cameras are a thing that people are not able to see like just the amount of all of this the frequency of all of this injustice against black people um we need to be allies um you know we don't i don't know what it might be like for a black person you know and that's why we need to have this happening this conversation happening talk to people talk to your friends talk to your parents talk to the generation that doesn't maybe know better or hasn't been exposed push them into this uncomfortable zone do not just hide behind ignorance and do not hide behind oh well this is how it's been done this is how we've thought and it got us this far no it's not the same anymore um you need to have these conversations. You, 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 there needs to be a, a world where, you know, black people do not fear their lives as they go into their own front yards, into their own property. That cannot be a thing where people live. I cannot, you know, I don't want to be worrying about my best friends and my, and my colleagues, um, their lives for no reason at all. It's just, it's absolutely insane. I agree. Sorry, this meeting is just about to end. So I'm just going to wrap it up right now and just say thank you guys for listening to me. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate it. If it cuts short, I'm sorry, but um, we only have 40 minute limit. So that's our uh, episode. Um, Thank you. um, And I guess we'll see you in the next one. Sorry, I had to wrap it up very quickly. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys.